Good morning, everyone. How is everyone today? Thank you for watching our live show. <laughs> yes, it is it's a live, live show. It is live. It is officially live. Yes. Live. So I'm Ash. This is the amazing Sam. Sam. And <laughs> thank you for watching. <laughs> Follow. Uh, thank you, Inspire FM, for hosting us. And um, our message of the day today is to donate your time, not your money. And it was actually given by our lovely guest here, Vikash. Morning. Mm. And uh, how are you doing today? Good. Can't complain. The sun's out. That's, that's so, it. You've that's got to be it. grateful for the sun, man. It's, it. it's England weather. That's English yeah. weather. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, carry on. Okay. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so he, uh, Vikash, is working for the, uh, not work, he's a volunteer at the OMS yeah. group. OMS group, yeah. Om group, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you want to get started with the uh, articles? Yeah. Um, I can't right. talk with my mouth full, it? That's a bit rude. Yeah, but you're still talking as you're saying that you can't. Hypocrites. Yeah, man. Everywhere. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I own that title. But yeah, uh, so our first article of the day is um, there's this doctor called Dr. Ramana Rao who is in uh, Bangla- Bangalore, ba- Bangalore, India. India yeah. So, would you like... Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll go for it, man. Go for it. Would you yeah. want to carry on? No, no problem. Sorry. I'm big. Okay, cool. So yeah, <laughs> he's um, 44 years ago when he got his doctor- doctorate. The day after, he wanted to open up a clinic in his village. And he never charged anyone a single penny for all of his services. And then for the good heart, for his man. whole 44 years, he spent uh, his time helping over 2 million people with healthcare. And whether that be the injections or surgeries or skin care or general uptake of your health, he was doing everything for free completely. And he was just doing it, I'm guessing, for the love of his people. And uh, I feel like he's doing more... For his share of the, you know, for Ooh, being born. community, like, yeah. how many people? Oh, two, million. two million. I find that really amazing, like, he genuinely, I feel like, that's what it kind of means to be a doctor in, on a low-key level, man. Like, doing, helping people because you genuinely care, and I feel like a lot of doctors out there are like that. Of course, man. So, I was actually going to go into the next article, which is, um, $1 billion has been donated to a charity by an individual called ha- Hans-Jörg Wies, who's a Swiss billionaire, and he's all about conserving nature. And what scientists say are, we need to conserve 50% of the Earth's biodiversity in order to make make sure that animals are protected and different species don't go extinct too fast. Um, So that one billion is going to go into research of uh, how to create better ways and effective ways to preserve nature, um, into understanding how biodiversity works. Um, as well as other things. So he's actually donated $1 billion and that equates to th- protecting 30% of the Earth's biodiversity, and that's going to a variety of charities <coughs> across the world. And it's very local, actually, yeah, which yeah. is very, which is even more interesting because it isn't just by, is it, you don't just donate to uh, these environmental charities that that just work at the top but rather you need to give it to the communities because you've got to look after your local river you've got to go look after your local grass and plants and bees etc etc so when looking after the environment we have a lot of control over that as individuals mm-hmm. we can actually not litter and make sure our environment looks really yeah. nice and clean what he's also doing is he's um, in partnership with the national Ge- geographic so yep. that big um, company there and what he's basically doing is he's also providing funding for research so he's trying mm. to help the scientists because a lot of um, climate research and environmental research 
is very difficult to um, substantiate because it's looking into the future and we all know that it's very difficult to yeah, predict. I mean, predicting the future is almost impossible. So he's definitely trying to um, make that sort of uh, prediction much more reliable. Or do you feel bad about taking up? Yeah, no, I feel like a record in it. Yeah, just taking all of them. Don't worry, man. Yeah. I'll make sure I finish them for you. Oh, yeah, I'm just helping you so out. Like this is helping your diet, you know. I'm right. making sure that you get your gains and then you yeah. get hench and you, you get those aesthetics, you know. Exactly, man. You're eating for me. Exactly. So I'm eating for you. You don't need to eat. Exactly. You don't need it, man. Beautiful. Exactly. There you go. How about you do my exams mm-hmm. for me? I will do that for you. Uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't want to <laughs> you, you don't want to pay. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got any for a while, but when I do, I'll call you. Call you up to come through. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Of course. But yeah, um, what do you think about the philanthropy, like where? Rich people who are successful are starting to like do these um, amazing deeds for humanity. Do you feel like that is a reason why we should sort of promote sort of these big companies rather than saying, "Oh yeah, these are the evil capitalist scum. Let's not let them have the money." Wow, a bit of Marxism in there, right? Nah, yeah, nah, but you know what I mean. Like you can see that, like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and all these rich people are doing so much for the uh, community and for the world. Yet we also see that same sort of spite and hatred for it and. Do you I think? Yeah. Do you right. think that like definitely we should accept the benefits that come from a few of the richest people, or should we say that nah, you know, having too many rich people means that they're obviously exploiting? To, to be honest, for me, I think. See, I be- I believe in like free market economics. I believe. Uh, That's racist. <laughs> no, so I I think big monopolies like Amazon actually should be broken down so everybody has the opportunity to provide a service similar to Amazon which creates more competition and creates more jobs and it doesn't like allow one person to dominate which spreads out resources. I may be completely wrong but that's what I was told by my economics teacher so I'm just repeating what he said. I'm not actually smart. I'm admitting it there. And on to our last article. Thank you. Which is real? This is a really nice one, and it ties back to um, our first episode of Mental Health, where um, this teenager called Paige Hunter. Oh yeah. Um, she saved l- six lives from suicide in Sunderland. So there's this big bridge in Sunderland's um, <coughs> Wearmouth Bridge. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But um, what she basically did was she tied about around more than 40 notes along the bridge, and these are all like meaningful messages to like let the people understand that they matter and they care for them. One of the really good notes were, um, even though things are difficult, your life matters. You're a shining light in a dark world, so just hold on. And anyway, it's, it's really cute and touching. Mm-hmm. And then a lot, apparently six people, um, they decided, yeah, let's give life another shot. Didn't she get an award from the police of that area? Oh, yeah, I think she did. Yeah, she got an award for that. That's yeah, <coughs> it's really good. But I think when she, what she said was um, she didn't, she did it without the intention to actually like she didn't have any intention to gain any award for it it was just something that she wants to do and that actually links to our third episode of being an everyday hero you don't always have to do something for self-benefit you know sometimes you just want to give back just like the doctor from india that's it should we segue segue so yeah we have vikash vikash hello vikash Uh, have you enjoyed your day so far it's going good are you enjoying are you enjoying the tea I am enjoying my tea. tea. Yes, a beautiful tea. Um, little secret so here now, Could you tell us a little bit about uh, what you and Om Group do? And just hit us up with some of, you know, give yourself a little bit of advertising right there. Give yeah. myself a Spread bit of advertising. There. So I'm Vikas from Om Group. I'm currently the secretary and one of the trustees of the charity. Om Group started b- way back in 2000 by four young, like-minded people 
who wanted to get together and organise events for the community. What they found was that there was lots of stuff going on for the Asian, specifically the Indian and Hindu community, but not really much for the youth. And that's a typical thing we hear from all communities across the country, yeah? <coughs> sometimes around the whole world. What they decided to do was get together in someone's bedroom, brainstorm or thought shower. Not like that. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to get your mind yeah. out of the gutter. This sorry. is my RFM. Yeah, we need to get your true. minds out of the gutter. Oh, so sorry. get together in thought shower and put ideas <laughs> together. Because that's the thought correct sh- term for brainstorming. Shower. Yeah, thought shower? Thought showering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three people correct. in a thought shower. Yeah. Woo, you woo. thought shower rather than brainstorm now. And must be creating a lot of interesting ideas. Showering. Yeah, showering. Mm, a lot of Keep them clean. Get together and get some get ideas to think about um, doing something for the younger people in the community. And what they did is decide to make OM Group, which is an independent organisation which started as a youth group, to do different events and activities for other young people in the local community. From that, it spiralled into becoming a formal charity in 2010. We sure. made it into a registered charity. And since then, over the past eight years specifically, we're now no longer just a youth group-based organisation. We do stuff for the whole community, whether oh. it's young, old, <coughs> elderly, young. And we do trips, excursions, events, activities. That's it. And lots of stuff. So we're packed throughout the whole year. And we Man. don't just focus ourselves on the Indian and Hindu community. Mm. We do stuff with lots of different community groups. Brilliant. That's we're amazing. involved Brilliant. with every community group as much as we can in Luton and the aim is to unite people together main things we do social sporting educational and cultural events so Love something it. for everyone to be honest so Masson man would you be able to drop the question that we are looking at today pondering on today how can young people organize themselves effectively to sort of actually get some form of action done and I suppose what I'd like to ask you first is what are the biggest hurdles So it's a really interesting question and an important question. I'm glad you've asked me that. So how can young people get involved? Young people can get involved throughout their whole lives, whether they're, you know, three or four years old. Wow. Or up until they, well, what do you define as old? Until you're 30, 40 years old. So we've done different um, events and activities, which has been, you know, in terms of volunteering and providing selfless service, which we did at Keach Hospice on Seva Day about five, six years ago. Okay. Our youngest volunteer was three. It was actually my niece. Okay. And she was painting a train. She was cleaning, tidying. So you can be as young as you like and as old as you like. Our eldest volunteer that day was 78. So okay. you can do lots of different things. That's amazing. Young people, the way young people can get involved is actually engaging themselves in wanting to be involved. They shouldn't be forced to be involved. If you're keen to get involved and you want to do something to make a difference, do something different to make a difference. Don't just do what everyone else is doing. That's it, exactly. Drop, dropping that spice. That's it. Spice. Mic, mic drop, I'm done. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. Thank you, big ass. Now, basically, do something that's going to be inspiring for you. Do something that's a bit different. Do something that you're actually interested in doing, whether it's something that someone's already doing or something that you have a new idea for. Mm. The key way to get involved is to find someone who's already doing something similar. Because then you get access to resources, the right connections, the right people. But at least you have someone who's got a bit of experience who can at least sort of guide you in the right way. To be honest, for my journey and my pathway in community work is Raj, Raj Palmer, who's one of the founders of OM Group and the current chair. Mm -hmm. He's the person who kind of got me involved with community work to start with. And in the early years, specifically him and my other friend, Hemel, who's our current treasurer, you know, we all dip in and out of different roles and responsibilities. And it's kind of having a small group of people where you can learn from and bounce ideas off and work together 
But then you will kind of end up splitting up and doing your own thing as well. And then making your own small teams and encouraging other people and getting involved. So make it something that you can role model or shadow off someone else. Find people <clears throat> already doing something similar, but then, you know, make it your own. Okay. Wow, that's that was a lot of lot of information. A lot of chat. So no, it's no, not, it's no, good. It's not. It was really that was yeah. Those are inspiring. things we can actually do. Yeah, hundred well. percent. Because um, so the reason why we're quite passionate about this is because Ash and I actually tried to do something similar to organizing. Okay, it was a group called which is um stands for Knowledge of Youth. Yeah, and essentially it was to get young people involved in political philosophical debates about the issues of Luton and how yeah. we can improve them and find solutions. Similar to something we're doing now, but it's uh, it was much more group-oriented and we had a lot more people in it. Mm. The, strug- the things that we struggled with is, first of all, we knew that there were certain th- uh, groups that did similar things to us, mm-hmm. but we didn't know where we could go to sort of get support until we found a few places like Taco and a few uh, youth centres, but... Mm-hmm. Um, getting a sort of valid, uh, solid network of people to help us get through. How to promote and market? Our, sorry, we're gonna. No, 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 no. How to, how to promote? How to promote and market our uh, idea to the right people? Because what we found ourselves struggling with a lot is um, finding the right kept, people. We kept selling the idea to people who were like interested in the idea of it, but not really willing to go out of their way and do something about it with us. And I suppose what I'd like to ask you is, where do you find the right people? How do you meet the right networks? And how do you know where to go? It's like three bullet questions right there. Three bullet questions. Very important questions, all of them. So, firstly... Against crime? What I'd like to let you know is that that is normal. So, Mm. the majority are always interested in the concept or an idea of something. Mm. Whether it's, you know, changing the world or whether it's organising an event or activity. What you have to remember is the minority or very few are going to be able to commit and come through and see the idea through. So what you need to do is just not get disillusioned and disheartened because having few people is better than having no people. Definitely. That's the first thing that you need to remember. Um, And the three questions were, how do you find the right people, yeah? Yeah, How do you find the right people is a bit of luck. So the more people you speak to, the more chance you're going to have of finding someone. Um, having a bit of luck always helps, but finding the right people, but also engaging other people. So if you speak to someone and it looks like they're not the right person, that's okay. Because <coughs> you shouldn't be scared to ask them, do they know anyone who might be able to help you? Mm. So it's very often that I ring people, are you interested? Can you help out? And they say no. That's fine. Okay, mm. give me uh, give me a few contacts who might be interested. So that's what you should always, anyone who's young or older, like if we're doing something and you ring someone up and they don't know, for example... If you're on The Apprentice and you ring Alan Sugar or get some advice from him, he might not be interested. He's but at least fired. he can give you exactly, he'll fire you. But he might give you three, four numbers that you can contact to Definitely. get a job somewhere else. Yeah. I actually like, have something to add on to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So when you were saying not finding, it's a bit of luck and finding the right people. Actually, the way I met Mass was exactly the advice that you gave to other people. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Mass is a really driven, highly competent individual who actually gets... A lot of stuff done. Oh, he's, he's so kind, Sorry, man. Sorry, Look just, at this. Bromance, bromance. Yeah, see, so I actually have an alternative agenda. Yeah, basically, but he, <laughs> wants to, he wants to use me for his... Uh, I want to use your money. Time. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. He wants to get in a thought shower with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one thing I will definitely say is values definitely help. So identity, identi- having a clear goal. So if you're one person and you want to set out uh, making something happen, have a very clear goal and vision. Um, and ex- express it to other people and kind of tell them 
tell them the hardship that's going to come along with it because it is going to be difficult. You can't just accept, tell, speak to someone about a project and like say it's going to be all, you know, bubbly and happy. It's going to be mm. very difficult and the grind yeah, is true. very hard. Um, I actually like to ask you another question, Vikas. Is how was the first year when you first joined the OM group? So it's it's a bit difficult at first when you adapt because in theory you're an outsider who's joined an organization which already exists. So when I joined, OM Group was established new, but still established for a mm. couple of years. And people sort of knew what they were doing. Mm. Raj was leading and there was enough space and capacity to be able to expand and do different things. So my first year was a really good learning curve and journey because I was in getting involved in lots of different events and activities, attending meetings, which I'd never really been involved in going to any formal meetings. And I got to meet lots of new people and network and, broaden my horizon so i would say it's a bit of a good roller coaster in different ways because you're learning lots of things about events and activities i had zero interest in finance and accounts and money but you kind of learn that from people because you need to learn about budgeting mm. and it was pretty good because towards the end of my first coming into second year was when i decided that um an event we should think about doing is a summer camping trip okay and that was a bit strange because Indian people don't really go camping. Yeah, Asian no. Asian people don't do camping. No, we don't do camping. Yeah, people you're right. People from Luton don't do camping. <laughs> so I was like, I want to take 35, 40 people to go camping. Whoa, that's And a everyone lot of was like, um, okay, so they had a bit of a laugh at me. And then they said, go away and do the numbers and work out a project plan and come back. Where are the so toilets? Yeah, exactly. Where are the toilets? Where are the toilets? Loads of Not bushes around. <laughs> yeah. But so I put it together and came back with a project plan. And we ended up doing it because you have people who are encouraging, who are keen to see you put it through and there to support and encourage you and what you need is that kind of environment what you have to remember is that you're allowed to break the norm you're allowed to be that person who's an outsider and what you should do is have all the facts and resources available so that you can lead it that's what you need to do i'm just gonna like, every time you just say something really right i'm just gonna do that just point, I, I don't pointing like, at people yeah of course man because yeah. he's, he's, he's so kind he just wants to like Direct your message to Do you know what's viewer. crazy? A lot of people don't... I feel like there's a people out there who've got a lot of knowledge and they just... Some people are kind enough to actually share it. Mm. Mm. And Sharing is caring. Exactly. Of course, it's, man. it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't want to interrupt yeah, you. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's cool. So that's what I think. My <clears throat> first year was good. There was a lot to learn. There's always ups and downs. There's always frustrations because what you have to remember is everyone's different. We're all designed differently. And when you come together and bring lots of people in one room, mm. it can sometimes be a bit challenging. Ooh, source, and that is so true. So I think it's about learning from each other. And what you have to remember is that when you do any type of community work and projects like this, especially what I've learned over the recent few years is that you can't please everyone. Of course. And what you have to do is remember that <clears throat> when you come together in that room, Nothing should be personal. What you're doing is to try and come together for a common goal to do something to benefit the community. So if we have a conversation in the room and we have differences of opinions and we get upset with each other over the next few minutes, that's fine while you're in the room. When you leave, you should forget about it because people find it difficult to have that professional, personal, that kind Mm -hmm. of boundary, Mm -hmm. differentiate relationship. I've seen people who have been in friendships who've become upset and stop being friends because of things and situations like this. That's no good because, I mean, me, Raj, Hemel and other people who've been involved in on group, we constantly have differences of opinions and bicker and argue in a meeting. That's fine. When we leave at five o'clock or whenever the meeting finishes, 
Should we go Papa J? Should we go here? Should we go there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you forget about it. And that's how it should be. But yeah. it's very difficult for us to do that because we're all humans. 100%. 100%. That's, that's what I think. Why do we have to be humans, man? My God, gosh. Not for long. No. <laughs> we had our fair share of like bickering while we were trying to make koi. Not between us, I would say. I would say we were quite harmonious. It was more when we got into that group and then we had to pitch oh. ideas about how we wanted to get how we wanted to pitch ideas to other people and that's where we differed us I yeah think. but i mean because there was like i was a very i was very much like aggressive and extroverted in, in the way i'd actually like to pitch an idea and i feel like you did much more well with introverted people who i had no skill with yeah no skill so that's probably good because you have two different people you need a balance and the thing is is believe it or not, when you think about it, I've not really thought about it that much until now when you've put me on the spot, but when you think about it, that's good. If everyone is, yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir, doing the same thing. <laughs> a bit of game, rapping going exactly, on here. Exactly, you're going to be doing the same thing over and over again and not really developing and benefiting yourself as an individual, yourself mm. as an organisation and the community in general. You're doing the same thing, everyone is doing the same thing, everyone thinks it works, when actually probably it doesn't. So it's good to mix things up and have someone... Uh, Ruffle a few feathers now and then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely good to have a lot of discourse because when someone disagrees with you, I mean, you can both come to a compromise where yeah, you have to challenge each other, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what other factors uh, were we? Because I can't remember them. I'm not gonna lie, guys. I am underprepared. Do not do this. Don't do it for your exam. Yeah, lots of, we're getting lots of uh, feedback. Pivey. That's our number one fan. We love you, Pivey. Much Pivey. I don't know who you are, but I just love you. You found out who it is. I know who it is, but I'm not telling anyone. It's a good secret. Oh, <laughs> look what you did, man. You made me cry. Yeah, it's my fault. Of course it's, it's my fault. Everything's your fault. Everything's you know? my fault. World poverty, my fault. You know, before I was even yeah. born, you know. Did <coughs> has um I'd like to ask you from your own personal yeah. view and then um just uh conceptually as well. Do you how do you think you've dealt with failure in like with when you're trying to make something happen and Vikas don't fail. Exactly, oh. man. Vikas doesn't we all fail. Do. Yeah. The best successes oh, in that. life are failures, oh. I'm telling you. That's why it's, so it's like happy failures, That's it. Yeah, happy yeah. mistakes. But yeah, so how would you deal with failure, especially when you're just starting out? When you're first starting out, it's very difficult because suddenly the whole world has ended. Suddenly everything Rough. is on your shoulders and suddenly, Rush. you know, it's, it's the world's worst thing. So dealing with failure is never easy. Um, but what you have to do is see the long-term aim from it and the long-term benefit from it. So there's been lots of times where we've organised events in OM Group and they've not gone as well as planned. And failure can be whether it's a financial success, for example, there's been lots of events which we've done from OM Group which have made a loss. And from the finance team, from the accounts team, that's never a good thing because you're losing the money. And the money is not my money, it's not your money, it's the community's money. People either make donations or we raise it from other events and that's never a good thing is what I used to think. However, now, purposefully, sometimes we do events which are at such a low cost or free for the community mm. that they are at a loss to the charity. Consumer welfare. That's the idea. Boy. So what we used to think as being a failure because it's costing money and we're losing money and not breaking even or making a profit is now actually a lot of the time our aim. So uh. things change as times change, as perceptions mm. change. As you get a bit more used to doing things, so... That's one thing. Another example is where we've done events and activities. We organise a holly 
event. Well, Holly's the Festival of Lights, uh, uh, the Colors. Festival of Color, and it's to do with the harvest and farming. Oh, to do with Did the marsh. Co- yeah, good I knowledge. Just, I, just correct, knowledge. I just yeah, corrected just someone. Correct. Correct. I'm not even Hindi. Correct. Right? Exactly. So it's because it was Diwali last week. So yeah, I'm talking yeah, about the Festival uh-huh. of Lights. I still have fireworks in my mind, <laughs> but um, it's the Festival of Color, and it's mainly to do with the spring, and it's to do with the harvest for the farmers in mm. India, where the rain would then stop, uh, would start, and that's how their crops would grow. So we have that as our milestone event. It's our annual celebration event because Om Group's first event ever in 2000 was Holi. So that's how it all first started. We organized a Holi event where it was the first event that Om Group ever got funding for, got a grant for. Mm. Oh my so gosh. there was a lot of banking on it. It was in conjunction with Lutborough Council with um, someone who works there called Shohei Udin. Mintu is a very nice guy, worked with us. Big up Mintu, nice guy. <laughs> no, Mintu. He's always helping us out. And we organised a joint project together. It was the first one that we'd ever done with the council. And oh. on that day, it had to be the first time in history that it snowed. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. So there was about 80, 90 people there. And the main part of the event is colour playing. I'm not On that note, I'm not going to lie. Side tangent. I just had a pins and needle in my oh. foot. That's why I made Did the someone throw pieces. the yellow snow? Sorry? Did someone throw some yellow snow there? No, but that's a good tip. Never eat yellow snow. Hey, 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 oh, how, about, how about in Holly? Because you, you don't know what colours those are. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> but it shouldn't be warm. That. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Cold and yellow is okay. So warm and yellow, no, no good. No, no. So how, what happened after the snow? Did you manage to... <laughs> Do you know what? It? We still did it. We were all there. We had good food. We had mm. good entertainment on the day. The only part was the colour throwing. We made it all into a bit of a joke and said, you know, we don't want anyone to mention the S word and this, that and the other. We made it a bit of fun. And still, out yes, of the 80, 90 people that were there, about 10, 15 of us still did cl- colour playing. And it was quite good because it was doing it in the snow and it was quite different. And we made that into a fun thing. But on the day... You know, we were scared because it was snowing. Health is anyone going to turn up? Yeah. Is the food going to turn up on time? You know, health and safety is important, but not the end of the world. Because it was in the grassy area and it was going to be safe mm. anyway. So it's all good. But what we were worried about is people are people going to turn up? Mm. It's embarrassing for us if people don't turn uh, up. Okay, yeah. We've got a grant and people <clears throat> won't come. And then that's a loss of the money, waste of the money. We might not get it before. We had council representatives coming there. And all of these fears of failure are there. Now, in some respects, we might say that, yeah, okay, we usually get two, three hundred, four hundred sometimes come to a holy event. We only got 80, 90. But despite the circumstances, looking back all those years ago, it was actually a pretty good event. Everyone had fun. We did the same as what we do everywhere else. It's just the numbers are a bit different. But we didn't lose money or make a loss because we were cost even before we started. Mm-hmm. But... You know, everyone's perceptions of success and failure, etc., happens. Another example is um, we regularly get involved with Luton Carnival, and we've been doing that for you know se- several years. And Carnival sometimes has had to unfortunately been cancelled due to weather. So we've got all these costumes and lorries teed up and ready to go, tons of kids and volunteers ready to go, and on the day get a phone call saying that it's cancelled. So that's you know difficult to deal with because we've got loads of people who are ready to go but then you can't change nature and circumstances change so failure for us on that event wasn't that big a deal because it's not our event and not our responsibility but you feel as part of the Luton family mm. you feel for them because they've spent months organizing mm. this event and how must they feel because it's not a failure because of their circumstances it's just the situation as it is, isn't it? Okay, so situation goes into situations that are a big thing, and perceptions <clears throat> and perspectives are a big thing. It's all on the individual. That's mm. it. Cool. So, yeah, I really so like how? That. So you, that's how you deal with failure. Just like happens, but at the end of the day, you, you need to make the best out of the situation that mm. you can. 
the best thing is to make it as successful as possible on the day. Try and, you know, this way you draw in all your contacts and you bring people together. For example, we've had caterers cancel on us the day of an event. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's happened to us before. Me and Raj are on the phone ringing tons of people. Can we do this, that and the other? There's been an AGM where we were previously going to cater and we couldn't get it. And it had, you know, whatever circumstances happen, you ring someone else and people always come through. People remember you. People remember you for the good things you've done and when you've helped them. So no one, can, no one's really interested in the content of what you have to say, but people always remember how you said it and how you made them feel, and that's the circumstances and situations where we've called up favors at the eleventh hour. Always. Oh wow, raw. That's good. That's jeez. Good. That, that's pretty mad. I'm not gonna lie. So how, how, how are we gonna get those nice contacts <laughs> to come through for us? Yeah, actually, I have no a problem. question for you. Um, so well, a lot of young people, they don't know where to. I would say, because the only experience I really have would. Um, in regards to trying to manage a project is with the koi thing. Yeah. How would you, when networking, how do you keep a network alive? And this is a really, you know, how how did you keep those connections and those links alive? Do you know when, because you don't want to, I don't want to make people feel like I'm using you. Yeah, do you know what I'm coming from? I don't want to give that vibe off. I want to be like, look, I want to do something for the community, but I kind of need your help. But I don't want it to be like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I use them and I dump them. Do you know what I'm coming from? <laughs> That's the difficult part, isn't it? Because, you have lots of different networks for different circumstances and things. Like I have a work network who sometimes I only speak to at work. I have a work network who, even if I've left that workplace, I might call them if I need a favor for something else. Mm. And people appreciate and understand that. In voluntary work, people are kind of in it for the common goal and the wider aim. Mm. There are some people who I haven't spoken to for a couple of years. Right. But then I might ring them and say... I'm organizing archery sessions or rifle shooting or I want to do another camping mm -hmm. trip. Um, there are people at scout campsites who I haven't spoken to for over 10 years. And then I rang him and said, I'm going to organize it for this year. They sort of still remember. So people know that. People who are involved in community work and voluntary work are aware of it. But there are good examples, like, for example, my dad, um, Bipin Pai Raja, Dhansuk Pai Panchao, who are people who are a bit older than me have done community work for a long time they're really good at networking because not only do they speak to people as and when they need things or support or advice but they're good at networking because they regularly keep in touch with these people as well and that's something i've started to try and learn and do as well because it's quite easy when you can <coughs> have time to be able to call people to just see how things are because people are always doing stuff and you might not know because you might not be involved with it so what i would say is yes Call people as and when you need them. People are understanding. And you can always open up and say, look, I'm really sorry to call you. I know we haven't spoken for ages. How are things? I need uh, a favor. I, I need that. help. And, I respect And no, no one will say no. If you rang me in a five years time and said, Vikas, do you remember me? I'm from Inspire FM. You came on that Saturday. I'll rack my brain for a bit because I'm getting old. And I'll be like, yeah, what's happening? And you'll say, sorry, I haven't now. spoken to you for ages, but we've developed the show into this and we would like to invite you back to talk about how you've progressed in the last five years. No one is going to decline that because they understand you're busy, mm. we've been busy, mm. but you are able to keep in touch regularly and we can even think about doing something where we might do a joint project with our mm. two radio shows, organisations, etc. to come together and do a joint thing to try and better the community. So there's different ways of looking at it. 100%. I think if you're going to speak to people as and when you need them, that mm. is fine. But if you can make the effort to go a little bit extra and just regularly touch base and keep in touch, whether it's just with a newsletter, the odd email or message here and there, that will go a long way. Thank you very much. I know that was um, 
that was a very that was a question that was always been lingering on my mind because a lot I feel like a lot of young people have these opportunities to go to these networking events and they we don't actually necessarily know how to keep in touch with people and how to keep that connection alive because no one you don't really know because you're not really forming a friendship because you don't know what the friendship is being formed on exactly. and so on and so forth. But thank you very much. That and was if, really you were, if you were like 15, 16, it's a bit weird to ring my dad who's like 60. Uh, sorry, text my dad or WhatsApp him when 60. Hi, <laughs> how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Because my dad would be like, oh, okay, that's fine. What one, you saying? One word answer back, yeah, yeah. fine. You know, you yeah, see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But if you rang once a year just to say, how are things with your community group? I'm just calling to say hello, keep in touch. We're up to this, that and the other do you have any advice or support you can guide me with? Do you have anything that you, you know, anyone who might be involved in Luton who you think we might be able to do it? It's a five minute conversation. They might say, yeah, ring Vikas from Om Group. You know, he'll be keen to do something. Put the touch together. His job is done. You've kept that link alive. When you then need something a few months or a year or two later, that is still fresh in their memory. And it doesn't matter about the age barrier because we have to network sometimes mm. with people who are well above 70 in such as the uh, temple in Luton, we work with them, alongside them on different things. Everyone is aging. And what people are looking for is exactly, what people are looking for is other people who are going to help support them and vice versa. Because they might not have the people, the manpower and the hours and the strength and energy, but they have resources. And the flip side is younger people don't have the resources, but they have everything else. If you can meet that halfway somewhere, you can make magic happen. I feel like the same is for adults as well. Like trying to 100%. get in contact with people, people like at our age, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, because I, I, I see we went to a uh, council meeting once, me and Massam with another friend called Karai. Yeah. And it all and these these adults are constantly screaming, "Where are you guys? You know, where are you, young people? Why aren't you coming?" And there are these indiv- certain individual young people go out of their way to do it, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Massam, is there anything else, by the way, um, that you have oh, on your I, mind? I, f- I feel like you're gonna expand on that. No, 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 um, no. I'd say okay, fine. You should really okay. I should because the, oh, the, that's a very important thing because you're right. I've been hearing that same thing for fifteen years. Yeah. Where are young people? Where are you guys? Why are you not doing anything? Why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? The reason these things are not happening is because there's such a divide between the two groups. There's not really that middle ground where people are meeting come to come together. Should we explore? We yeah. should, and it should be something that's done because the council exists, they have their own bit. Organisations which are a bit older than us, they exist, they do their own thing. Mm. Whether it's the Gurudwara, whether it's a mosque, whether it's a mm. temple, they're doing their bit. Run by elder people who are mm. more mm. wiser than us and able to do that thing because it's traditional and they've been doing that for a long time. Mm. Younger people want to come through and be able to do things but don't have access to resources, don't have access to certain people and networks to be able to do it. Funding, for example, money, everything, all of these things combined make things happen. But there is a gap. Young people want to do things but the older people are not allowing them to do it in the way they want to do it. Elder people want young people to get involved, mm. but with restrictions. Mm. That's the theme of the last 15 years. What we're trying to Hit do the from nail on the head right is, there. Yeah, is try and bridge that gap and bring it together to be able to do it. The problem doesn't just exist in your community group, my community group, their community group, everyone. It's a global problem. And to overcome that, it takes people who are going to make the effort to bite the bullet on both sides and bring it together. We won't be satisfied with everything the older people are doing. They won't be satisfied with what everything we want to do. But there has to be some compromise. Otherwise, things will start closing. Definitely. No one will take it over. And you'll be left with individual organizations who end up fizzing out. You're so right. Because me and Masum and I were talking about this. And we were saying how there's loads of... Masum, you were saying about the hotspots <coughs> and stuff. 
Do you know how there's different free? So basically, you had the Pope Me- Meadows um, fireworks going on, and that's a really beautiful event where it brings people together. And then you have your the Om Group Diwali festival yeah, that happens, yeah. and these are brilliant events. Mm-hmm. But people, the ad- the lack of advertisement, and if only the community was sl- the networking and these lines of communications were stronger, it'd be so much more effective. And it oh, goes yeah. back to your point, if both sides, adults and young people, bite the bullet and come and meet, these communication networks, these lines of communication will be so much more stronger because mm. we know how to advertise effectively because mm. you've got the adults' wisdom, uh, practical knowledge, and then you have young people's enthusiasm and bringing everyone together. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I think something what we see a lot is um, a lot of young people, especially the humanities students who are always willing to get something on the CVs, get something on the UCAS, trying to do some actions and trying to get something done to see a change, to feel like they have com- contributed, impacted the community. There are lots of young people who are looking for that sort of thing, yet we don't have the... or we Young people don't feel like they know where to go, where, where is all that potential meant to go. And I feel like that's where the lack of community... That's where the bridge is. I would say the divide isn't necessarily the culture... It's the lack of communication and the lack of awareness of You're where right. everyone is. You're right, exactly. Because, like, I, I won't, I won't lie. I didn't know that um, Om Group was a thing until we met you, and it's yeah. a lot of um, sort of I don't know anything like in Luton. Like, well, who are the charities that are providing all of these amazing events? Mm-hmm. I want to get to know them and know how I can contact them. So it's really s- it's hard for young people to find the right places. What's really interesting is I just want to throw this out there as well. Like what we're doing right here is a perfect <coughs> example of creating that, that dis- yeah, yeah, yeah. D- creating that bridge because mm. Vikas has got that knowledge and we have this platform. But we're, I would say Om Group is much more well known than what we have right now in regards to our, you, me, and a cup of tea. Yes, and we're and growing. Because and we're, we're growing. still learning. You guys are learning about us, and mm-hmm. I'm learning about your organisation. So it doesn't matter whether we're well known or not known. Even we're interested in the people who don't know us exactly. more than the people 100%. who know us. You know, what? that's a really big thing as well. I feel like for me personally, like right, I'm going to throw the ego out there. I feel like okay, as a kid, I'd always used to feel like, oh yeah, this event isn't good because not loads of people are coming. And I'd always think that events had to be like really flashy and big for them to be relevant. Yeah, yeah. Even and we all thought that. Even me. Yeah, and I'm like, this that's so false. And I feel like that's what that I feel like a lot of people have that kind of subtle subtlety in mm. their head. It's like because big. that's what destroys small, really brilliant sparks like um like um other charities and their ability to to do something in the community because people just pour water on it. Like, oh, you're small. But you you gotta start small. Yeah, you know you gotta start small. You always have to. And the thing is, it's really important to remember, if you have a small scale event which is successful in terms of as a high impact on the people that you're aiming for, mm. it actually means a lot more than doing a large scale event which doesn't really have much impact. There's no point doing a dinner and dance for 500 people, but they don't really have a good time. There's not much meaning. You don't meet the aims and objectives of what you want to do. Much rather you do it for 50 people. Um, where you might be raising money for people who are homeless, for example, to make resources or packs for the winter or something like that, and you're able to get your fundraising done and make mm. these things, and you know everyone has a good time and are talking about it. So success is very variable. Volume doesn't always mean quality. That's so true. I feel like I just learned something there today. We used to want to do a lot of volume work. Ah. Now we try not to. Oh, so, wow, that's, that's so true. Yeah, we've got about 15 minutes. Um, so it, I'd like to ask you, um, so this quality work, mm. um, how do you sort of, say, let's say, for example, our viewers, maybe Pi V wants to start a, uh, an, wants to organise an event. 
what would be the sort of stepping blocks like what are the things that you need to remember in order to make an effective organization yeah. and to yeah. make an effective event that is a really important question and i'm glad you've asked me that because for anyone who's starting out doing an event and even people like myself who may have been involved in some events it's always something that we need to just sit down and plan planning is key it's like making a stir fry <laughs> preparation <laughs> preparation should always take much longer than doing the actual thing and that's what we try to do. So first of all, you need to have a good team of people who are going to help you. And what you want to do is maximize people's potentials who are good at doing things in that team. How so, would you go about finding those team, that team? So for us, it's easy because we have a team of people, but also you need to use your own networks. To start with, you know, your mates and your family have to pitch in. That's how it is. Everyone does. Om group being one person being on the committee of Om group meant my whole house was involved in Om group. You know? <laughs> Everyone was involved in the event and activity. Everyone was stressed. There's stuff at home. There's things happening. That's just how it is to start with until you can build it into a platform where you have a pool of volunteers. So I would say having the right people to work alongside you. And it's not working for you. It's working with you alongside you. You need to make sure that you're a bit organized in terms of having a timeline. That's one thing I learned from Raj. Having a good timeline where you set yourself realistic aims that can be completed in action plans. Action plan. The other thing is having a good network. So whether it's a virtual network or a people network. But word of mouth is much stronger than paying to publicize. Mm, so that's source. How, that's how, how, source. You, how are you going to s- throw out that word of mouth? So you need to put the groundwork in to start with. You need to go to local community groups, local organisations, local shops. We used to forever go to Burry Park, put posters up, give them some flyers. Do you mind just advertising, telling people when they come and this, that and the other? You have to do it. Mm. You have to do it because mm. like our friend who's at Barvin's Food Store, Nimesh, very nice guy. Whenever there's an event or activity, go there, put up a poster, Farmer Club in Luton. There's about 30 pharmacies. They're all part of Farmer Club. Give them some flyers. They'll give it to all of their people. You need to do that kind of people. People are Damn. more willing to help you than you realise. And mm. using those kind of networks, the most important thing, which is also the least important thing, depending Whoa. how you look at it, okay. is money. Ah, oh, yeah, wow. Do you need Paradox. money? Do you need money? So for the first, you know, True. six, seven years of OM Group, we never once had any funding or grants or resources. Can I just like cash a hand on that? Thank because you. Not because of me. No, because no, no, of everyone no, because, else. No, no, I'm because not, of everyone it's else. It's not like that. Because that, right, what you said right there. It coincides with mine and Massim's values as well as Yumi and a cup of tea and Inspire FM. We believe that you don't need a lot of money to make a difference in the community. You don't. And you don't actually need money to be able to organise an event or activity. Mm. Sure. It's a bit annoying because at the start you have to borrow money off your mum and dad or go into your own pocket. And I'm sure that... And we've done that. Yeah. All the time. Me, Raj, Hemel, forever, you know, paying for things. But what you realise is that the community is much more generous than you think. And people are willing to pay to come to things, not just because they're expecting some next level wedding reception style dinner and dance. That's not true. Mm, They're mm. paying to come to the thing because they um, are inspired by and appreciate you as an individual for organizing it and the values of the event. I'd like to just build on that as well, Vikash. Sorry for interrupting. Um, I see that this fatalistic mindset is um, quite prevalent in some communities in Luton. And I just want to sort of emphasize that point because um, I'm pretty sure everyone's done NCS or has heard of NCS, which is um, the National Citizenship Service. Yeah. And part of your last week there is to organize an event to raise money for your charity. And it was like six, seven young people, maybe a bit more, and they had to organize an event together. And since they were sort of under supervision, like restricted, so they had to sort of do it. So once you actually had to sort of pull up your boots, you know, stop 
take that finger out mm. of thought and just start um, getting stuff done. <laughs> oh, man, so bad. all you had to do is um, once you started getting an event source, because when I did it, um, we actually end up raising quite a lot of money, about 200, 300 pounds. And we didn't even have that much resources to begin with. We had like a 20 pound, 50 pound budget. So what you could see is people are willing to pay money to watch something or do something for the community and you will make a profit from it. And I think so many people forget that, oh yeah, people won't care or I need money to start this and uh, no one's going to come. They completely forget that most people have done some form of social action and it's worked out brilliantly. So I think that's just something that we need to constantly remind ourselves of that look back on all these sort of achievements that you've done as you were growing up and notice that the community is much more benevolent than you think. And the exactly, and the other thing to remember is that you're not the first person mm. in that situation. So don't reinvent the wheel. Try and get people who've done something similar, people who know what they're doing, because you might realize that you get a nice surprise at the end of the day. For example, if someone was organizing something and rang me and said, I'm trying to do this, and I'll say, yeah, yeah, we did it seven, eight years ago. Here's a project plan of how we did it, or Jeez. here's a grant form which we filled in, whether it's successful or unsuccessful, doesn't matter. The template is there. Mm -hmm. You can use that to try and build on it and make your own. And you never know. There are nice people out there who might help you. For example, we have people who are not part of our committee anymore, ex-committee members, or just people of the community who say, look, I can't really give you too much of my time in terms of turning up and helping set up chairs and clean and this, that, and the other. What I can do is fill in a grant form. I can promise to do one a month. Mm. So we give them all of our bits. They start drafting stuff for us. We then read through it and do it. So there are people who are willing to help in different ways. Just bear that in mind. Lots of lots of people in Luton are willing to give, whether it's time, money, dedication, whatever. They're there. Exactly, they're willing to do time, time and money. Not your money, e. And yeah, what no, we'll give both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, we've got about ten minutes left. So I would like to ask you a few sort of. I'm not sure how quick fire you can do these, but please take your time. So, what three rules would you say people should remember when making do, when doing a project that involves the community? So I would say the most important thing is remember why you're doing it. You're not doing it for yourself or the other people who are helping you doing Definitely. it. You're doing mm -hmm. it for the wider community. So remember the common goal and common aim. That's the most important thing. You're doing it to help other people, and that's what you should always remember. The other thing you should do is you should try your best um, to avoid it causing problems to yourself. So you shouldn't take too much stress on yourself. Oh, you shouldn't right. take mm. things personally. You shouldn't get wound up that it affects your day-to-day -day personal life mm. because at the end of the day, you're doing it voluntarily. Oh, and that's yeah. the main thing to remember. It shouldn't run your life. You're doing it for you know to be able to help other people, but it shouldn't take over your life. The other thing is you should remember to have fun. <laughs> if you have fun and you enjoy doing it and it's a hobby, a lot of charity work and community work I do is a hobby. It's a passion of mine. Mm. That's why I continue doing it. That's beautiful, man. I'm sure that Absolutely. other people say, why do, you, why do you bother? You know, there's so many other things you can do. You can do this. Yeah, you're right. You can. But I choose to do it because it's my hobby and I have fun mm. doing it and I like the people I do it with. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I could easily do something else like pretend to take up golf or something like that, <laughs> yeah, which probably takes up, but it doesn't take up as much time as you'd think. You know, if you manage your time effectively, you can actually get quite a lot of stuff done. Do you know, time management, I wish we could discuss that. <laughs> but we're near to the end of the show now. Oh man, now nah. time, time, time management. Yeah, very important. Next time. Very important. Do you, do you feel like that helped a lot? Um, as you're doing community work, it helped you, your sort of discipline and time management. Yeah, because I learned a lot of time management while I was doing it because I was in college and then I ended up going to uni. So managing your time effectively is very important. Mm -hmm. You have to be a bit flexible, and the other people have to be a bit flexible around you. Because I went to uni in the southwest, so like 
people would organize committee meetings. There's no point if I'm like vice chair <laughs> at the time and I was in uni. So they would try and organize committee meetings at the time where I might be coming home that weekend and stuff like that. So everyone needs to be a bit flexible in doing mm. it in both your personal, professional and community life. Definitely. What was the most difficult lesson you had to learn? Most difficult lesson I've had to learn is that sometimes you can get too involved and um, doing events, activities, community work and things like that, can sac- you end up sacrificing and compromising your personal life. That's one thing. I'm sure my mom, my mom will tell everyone when when um, she meets them. But a lot of the stuff I've dedicated to time to doing other various community groups and stuff uh, comes at a cost, because yeah, you only have so much time in the day, right? Mm-hmm. And the time you have to do community work and charity work and extracurricular stuff is evenings and weekends, mm. which right. is the time most people spend with their family. Because in the day, everyone's at work or college or uni or school or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it comes at a cost and it's quite difficult to get the balance. So I think that's the difficult part. I think I've got the balance a bit better than mm. I used to, but it's probably still not perfect. But oh. Yeah, wow. That's quite nice. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That, that is, I, I just feel really You're like, so full of wisdom. I know, I just feel really yeah. overwhelmed. Full like. of something else. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's wisdom. But. <laughs> Where's that finger gone, man? Oh, nah. Can't, he doesn't have it, man. Figures doesn't have that finger up. He's yeah, always, yeah, he's yeah. always <laughs> grinding, isn't that's he? Grasped in silence. That's it. Wow, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Honestly. I really appreciate no all this wisdom you've given us because this is, there's a lot of actionable um, sort of conclusions we have gained from yeah. having my, this discussion. My, I feel kind of like, do you know, I was so listening so intently. Like, I've, I just went into like, my brain feels like s- slightly heavy because I was trying to like remember. Oh, man, you've given him too much bit. knowledge, like, man. He's basically yeah. saying I gave him a headache. <laughs> <laughs> He's nah, politely nah. saying that. No, 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 no. It's a nice feeling, so it's all good. It's all good. good. Yeah, so. Um, Let's summarize what we've uh, Go it, gone man. over. So you've given so much knowledge, man. Like it's no, really well, like, like going it's through all yeah. of that. So it was um, finding the right people, and th- the best way to start is through that sort of warm market. So you know your f- close family, your friends, and then hopefully, as you um, get more and more feats done, you'll be starting to see people who are willing to go that extra mile. Hundred percent. Do that discipline, and then those are the key members that you want to surround yourself with. Uh, when it comes to networking, using the local networks, I actually that's a really good um point that I never sort of, it just never came to my mind. But like using the local pharmacies, the local chip shops, and uh you know cash boss and carry, man. Bit boss, boss man, boss, boss man, there for they've you. They've been man. they've been there for decades. Exactly, they probably know everything. Real, that's going real on. talk. They've been so there for decades. They've trust been there for twenty years. Exactly. Jeez. And yeah, so just like handing them a leaflet, getting that word of mouth spread, and you know just be like, boss man, I'll buy you five packets of crisp if you tell everyone who comes by about the new thing that's coming on and he'd do it he'd do it of course he'd not do it, not man. even even if you say to them if you can let people know i can give you a free ticket for the event or two tickets for the mm. event because it doesn't come at a cost to you mm-hmm. and they might just because you've given it to them it will encourage them to do it but they bring friends and family who are going to pay for tickets and mm. come because mm. you know so little things like that do make a big difference Individuals have so much power, we just don't know it. Mm, of course. Yeah, yeah. Who stole that away, man? Who stole that philosophy? Why was that philosophy <coughs> just thrown out of the window? Like Sometimes it's the people who you least expect it to. Yeah, mm. no, definitely. 100%, yeah. But yeah, so let's, uh, let's keep it going. Um, what else did we go over? Okay, so we went over how to keep a network alive. So one, one a qu- you don't need to call them every day, but one phone call a year uh, would be very kind just to see how they're going and what they're doing and they'll remember you. Um... Also, did that inspire, did that trigger any other thoughts? Did that trigger any thoughts? How about you? Because you remember everything, of <laughs> course. So do you remember any of the nuggets? <laughs> um, go for it. What, what I would say is don't, don't be afraid to fail. Mm. 
because mm. at the end of the day, your perception of failure is very different to what other people's would be. Mm. I might think that having, you know, um, 10, 20 people at an event is very good. And I might feel that if I have 10, 20 people, you know, we can make a success of something. And it's about perception of success. If you do a high impact event, which is small scale and all 10, 20 people are satisfied and enjoy themselves, that's a really good event. And success is based on what your aims and objectives are. Mm. So having that in your mind is very useful. I think if you aim high, you'll always be satisfied if you get there halfway. Shoot for the stars and you land on the moon. Yeah, that's hey, yeah, no. that's all definitely, about. definitely. Um, another one, which was quite <coughs> nice, is actually um, organizing an event is like a stir fry. Preparation stir takes fry. longer than actually cooking it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, pr- prepare meticulously, and then hopefully, the more you plan, the more future stress you save. And then you have a structure that you can follow and hopefully have fun from. But yeah, so um, just want to say thank you, Vikash. Thank no you very much, Vikash. Thanks a lot. Thank you for inviting me. We really appreciate, Honestly, we appreciate it. We appreciate everything you've done. We love the banter. We love the yeah, how you've given good. us the good knowledge. Good knowledge. Um, yeah, yeah. Remember to... I seasoned. <coughs> remember to... Uh, what was your Instagram again? Stir Fry. So, Ooh, yep. yeah, you can find us um, Om Group on om-unity.com. Or we're on the gram and Twitter and Facebook as Om Unity. Om Unity. On the gram. I learned that recently. <laughs> oh, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, he's still, he's still hip here. With the, he's still hip there. With the kids, yeah. But yeah, uh, we put all of that in the description. Remember to email us at cup of tea at inspirefm.co.uk. Um, you know, uh, we really appreciate. We had eight viewers today, live viewers. That's, Yo, that's a new record. That's more than five. Three more. Three more, man. That's Three amazing. That, you know, my mom, my dad, my wife. Of course, thank you. Uh, just joking. Course, just <laughs> Maybe, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. And then you know, we appreciate the comments, Pivy, whoever you are. But thank you so much. I know for who you are, Pivy. Thank you <laughs> for showing that audience engagement. Um, <laughs> we also want to say thank you to Inspire FM as well to allow us this amazing opportunity. Hopefully, uh, we can get some more interesting things done. So next week. We will be talking with the council. Oh, council. I've always meant to be. A special it's not. It's not always a surprise, man. Why All right, fine. Like we're okay, we're gonna go. Yeah, on, we'll, go we'll on. be talking about council. This is gonna lead off greatly from what we talked about with Vikash about organizing effectively, because now we're gonna talk to the councils who know who are basically one of our biggest support networks. Wait, because wait, sorry, I'm, that's what they want to do. Okay, well, you're not gonna say the topic, are you? I'm not gonna say. Okay, that. brilliant, brilliant. I'm fine. Carry on. Sorry. Just sorry, he's, he's just a bit. He's a bit nervous. I'm a bit. I'm on to save it, but I'm just saying it'll it'll jump off. Be- definitely nicely from this uh, episode here. Do you hear me? Yes. Okay. okay so um, on the gram, follow. Um, yeah. In- inspire on the gram. Inspire us with your followings. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.